The modernists are funny folks in a way. On the one hand, they have managed to essentially take the institutions of the church and turn them for use to, towards their goal of reshaping the church into something that it isn't, and in so doing have begun the building of the ape of the church. They've been quite good at this too, as most Catholics actually accept what they've done to some degree or another. Just see all the angry comments I get about how holy Paca Papa Francis is, for example. On the other hand, they're quite worried about the future, about the next conclave specifically, because they don't accept that Francis has put enough cardinals into the process to all but ensure that they choose a man to follow him on the throne of Peter that holds to the new theology, and who will continue Francis's work of building up the ape of the church. They're legitimately concerned about this, and their most measured voice in Catholic commentary has taken to one of the more respected Catholic print outlets to voice his concern. Like I said, they are already planning for the next conclave, and they're worried that so are we. So let's dive into the story. Our story comes from the international edition of La Croix, which is definitely an outlet that is very Francis-oriented in its outlook. The piece is written by Massimo Fascioli. Mr. You can have your 16th century liturgy, but not your 16th century theology himself. The man who tacitly admitted that there is no hermeneutic of continuity when he made that statement. He put out a piece decrying the pro-tradition voices in the church and framed it in his worries about the next papal conclave, and he even compared our rejection of modernism to some of the uglier events in America that happened early this year. Massimo is quite the character, you see, and beneath that veneer of a moderated and self-controlling tone is a sort of viciousness that peeks out now and again. Massimo is the most accepted voice of the modernists internationally, if he's not the most, then he's in the top five. In much the same way, by the way, that Bishop Barron is for the modernists in the United States. Two very different figures, but who are strikingly similar in many ways. Now, in his piece, Massimo begins by talking about simple institutional changes that are still in place that were made by Benedict that complicate the goals of the modernists going into the next conclave, and this is important. Quote, Pope Francis has significantly changed the composition of the College of Cardinals, even by adding to its number men from countries that had never before had a cardinal. This reflects his push to de-Europeanize the church and the body that will eventually choose his successor. It is a very important institutional change, but the Pope who turns 85 in December has still not updated the norms regulating the conclave. He needs to do so soon or there could be serious problems. A recent article in Italian scholarly journal Il Mulino by the noted church historian Alberto Meloni one of my mentors, raises pressing questions concerning the next conclave. It first provides a brief analysis of the most recent changes in the rules for the conclave, especially John Paul II's University Dominici Gregis of 1996. This text specifically designated Rome as the only place where the papal conclave can take place, thus abrogating the old rule according to which the conclave took place wherever the Pope died. Then Maloney mentions the slight modification Benedict XVI's made to University Dominici Gregis, September 22, 2013, shortly after announcing his resignation from the papacy. Benedict restored in all cases the, necess the necessity of a two-thirds majority for choosing the Roman pontiff, undoing the possibility of ascension by simple majority that John Paul had introduced." End quote. Sounds like simple, rather boring Vatican intrigue, right? Well, maybe not. Max Beans is essentially the voice of what sounds like the reasonable modernists, you won't typically catch him making outlandish theological claims or saying that the Pope doesn't need to teach the faith but embrace everything under the sun instead. 
No, what he'll do is give you orthodox-sounding logic and arguments that are riddled with modernist flaws. And he's quite good at what he does. What he's doing here is showing that the modernists are quietly worried about the next conclave. It was only a week or so ago that I gave you a podcast episode on the next conclave, on how the modernists are already preparing for that next conclave, the one that will choose the successor of Francis. And in that video, I told you how Pastor Tommy Reese of the Jesuit Church was already saying that it was time to look past Francis and into that next conclave, to be ready so that they can get a Francis II instead of someone who would be a hermeneutic of continuity type pope which would essentially be a Benedict Seventeenth, And I hope that most sensible Catholics would now be done with the notion that another Benedict-type pope would help fix all the issues with error and heresy in the church. Anyway, I suspect rather strongly that Massimo here is quite worried that not only could the conclave raise up a man who was a Benedict-type cardinal, but actually worse, a secret traditionalist, someone who would not only try to curb the Francis effect, but actually attempt to undo the errors that were the result of the council itself, which is how we get guys like Francis. Now, why am I saying that? Because Massimo senses the growing number of Catholics who are disaffected by Francis and his work in the church. Quote, Maloney makes it clear that Francis has no obligation to update the norms of the conclave, but he urges the Pope to do so, based on two new facts. The first is Francis's creation of, of new special norms to fight Ted McCarrick-type problems and the failure of the bishops to act in a system that can sometimes take the shape of summary justice to the detriment of fairness due to external pressure to look tough on problem clergy. The second is Francis's restoration of the quote-unquote temporal justice system in the Vatican, which could expose cardinals to instrumental accusations capable of excluding them from the conclave or at least the list of papabile leading contenders. These new developments, says Maloney, put the freedom of the next conclave in danger. Without some modifications in the Constitution re regulating the conclave, the 21st century could mean the return of a formidable rejection power capable of altering the result of the conclave. A rejection power no longer exercised by Catholic monarchs, but by the new empires of social media and those who have the technology to use or them or an interest to mobilize them, he warns, end quote. In other words, some of the modernists are actually worried that voices online would impact the choosing process of the next conclave, as someone like Taylor Marshall or Michael Matt will mobilize the laity to, in some mysterious ways, impact the process to get, I don't know, Massimo's worst nightmare of Vigano named Pope, despite the fact that Vigano isn't even a cardinal and is certainly not seen as Papa Bile or qualified to be Pope by the College of Cardinals. That's just the simple reality. The fantasies the modernists have are really quite remarkable in all of this. They honestly take the influence of Catholic podcasters further than is needed or even remotely believable. Massimo goes on to describe several institutional changes that he thinks should be made with the aim of making sure the cardinals choose a man carefully. And that's fine, and that's not really important to what we're talking about here, but that's not a bad thing. One of those changes, though, is to essentially isolate the cardinals and keep them from being pressured from outside by various, by various nefarious forces. That's sensible until you realize what he means. And that he means, well, you and me, or more specifically, the supervillains over at the remnant. Quote, the example of Ted McCarrick, the former cardinal, and the opportunistic attacks against Pope Francis by Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, former nuncio, have unleashed a wave of indignation in some Catholic groups and networks. This has revealed the anti-institutional nihilistic turn of, insert non-innovative secular label here meaning you and me, today, even inside the Catholic Church. For instance, there is something called the Red Hat Report, which keeps files 
on all the cardinal choosers. One can only imagine how this will be used when they again gather in Rome to choose the next pope. This initiative must be seen in the context of the ideological fury against Pope Francis, which is apparent in certain clerical, intellectual, financial, and secular circles in the United States. They are all of them well connected with the new media ecosystem that shapes the narratives on the state of Catholicism and church dynamics. It would be a grave mistake to underestimate what they are likely to do with all the information and influence they have amassed in order to shape the outcome of the next conclave, end quote. He brings up the secular choosing process of last year that went less than ideal for his opponents that led to the ascension of the super-extremely devout man that we are told is Catholic but really serves Moloch at every turn here in America. And Massimo worries that the next conclave could result in a similar rejection among the lay faithful of a certain outlook as we saw in the secular realm, and he worries that the marshals and mats of the world will somehow exercise their mighty, mighty influence to sway some cardinals in who to choose in the next conclave. It's laughable, and we all wish his concerns were true, that, I don't know, Archbishop Athanasius from Kazakhstan would emerge onto the loggia, declare himself to be Pius XIII, and announce in the same day an infallible declaration and doing the errors outlined in Vatican II that the SSPX have outlined for all of us, and excommunicate all the Jimmy Martins of the Church, while then simultaneously giving Michael Matt a shout-out for helping him become Pope. And if that sounds ridiculous, that's because it is. And that is what Massimo Fascioli is worried about here. You really cannot make this stuff up. But why is Massimo, and by extension the modernists, worried about the next conclave? Because of two things. First, Francis's recent procedure that illustrated that it is logical to assume that Francis has little remaining time left on this earth. That doesn't mean that he does, but it is logical to begin to have that assumption. The other reason is the reaction to the ending of Samorum Pontificum, and how the Latin Mass is growing as a consequence, and a surprising number of bishops have come out and invoked Canon 87 to just ignore Traditionis Custodis. Massimo doesn't say that, but he does say that social media influencers have caused havoc on that issue since the publication of Traditionis Custodis. And then he asks his readers to imagine the confusion that could be sown at the next conclave by social media influencers. Again, I'm serious. This is all ridiculous. Here is what I plan to ask you to do when that day comes, when the next conclave is announced, when we enter an interregnum, because I intend to be here when that happens. I intend to ask you to join whatever rosary event that Father Heilman is likely to organize. Or even better, I'll plan to ask that you pray a full 15-decade rosary each day for the intention of the cardinals choosing a man who has the faith to the papacy, a pope of restoration, essentially. I'll ask you to fast and abstain as you are able to in accordance with your state in life at that time for that intention, for the intention of these men for once actually seeking out the guidance of the Holy Ghost for the conclave process, instead of looking to material concerns as they have in, well, of the past century at least was worth of conclaves. So Massimo, if you are watching this, which I kind of doubt, but in case you are, just know that I and probably my colleagues that you're so worried about will be asking our audience to pray for the bishops and the cardinals at the next conclave, to do the will of our Lord. Not to go, I don't know, bother cardinals overtly or anything like that. What is it that they're so concerned about? Let me know what you think in the comments, please. Am I wrong on the impact figures like the Remnant and Dr. Marshall, and I guess myself, are having on all of this? Because I don't see any evidence that we're being noticed in any major way by anything even approaching a noticeable percentage of Catholics. But let me know what you think in the comments, please. And like, subscribe if you haven't, and hit that bell so you don't miss a thing. It does help. As always, pray for the church.
I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.